Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. We're going to get into it this morning. Thank you, Ryan. Great job. FYI, Ryan did a great job at communion this morning. FYI, communion's on at 9.15 every Sunday morning. We start off with communion and prayer every Sunday at 9.15. Everyone's welcome. And, um, and then hang around, grab yourselves a coffee, and greet people as they come into church. What a strategy. What an idea. As we start off with prayer and communion and then coffee before we get into praise and worship. Anyway, just a, a little plug there. I love, I love coming to church and I love hanging out. Um, you know, I, like, I do like the old, older or some, some places still do it. They, you know, some church services go for like hours, hours and hours and hours. Who, who reckons we should do a 24-hour service one day? Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Oh, yeah, amen, amen. <laughs> love to, love to. <laughs> we live our lives for Jesus every day, of the, every minute of the day, right, anyway. Um, but I love the fact that we get together and we get to come together. Um, you know, the Bible says to meet from house to house and in the temple courts. You know, this is the modern day temple court where we get together, we get to come together to open up the word of God, to encourage one another, spur one another on, and just to believe for one another. You know, I love the fact that even this morning I've come in and had a couple of conversations with some people and, I, and we can champion each other saying, come on, we can keep believing for breakthrough in this area. I, I love the fact that this morning I was able to share, you know, over, over many years, I'm talking many years, probably Five years of not having heard from my sister, I had, a, I had like a, an eight-message conversation. Like that's unbelievable. Like I'm thanking God that he is moving, he is working, and he can do the same for you as well this morning. Cool? Awesome. Hey, um, we're in this series called um, What Works. Who like, who's been enjoying it? Hopefully you've been uh, um, encouraged by what works. And there's lots of things that work in life. We, uh, you know, what work, is, is, what work is, is about following the Word of God. Because yeah. we've got our Bible. Oh, I feel slightly naked up here. Where's my Bible? must be in my bag. It's all right. Um, obviously, you guys don't want me to feel naked, right? Thank you. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I feel a lot better. Clothed. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's get on with it this morning. Can I get a little bit more house lights on all these beautiful people out there so I can see you? That would be amazing. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the, what works is about following the Bible. As, as, uh, the Bible is not just made up. It's inspired by many authors, but inspired by, uh, by the Holy Spirit. And it's there to bring us direction and, and correction. Who likes correction? Yeah, that's what I thought so. Not many people, well, no one really likes correction. Um, but it brings, if we align ourselves to the Word of God, uh, our lives will work. And they'll work really, really well. Um, the, Bible covers many, every, the Bible covers every single area that you'll ever need. Like if you need something, I, I, I sometimes like using the Bible as a, as a recipe book. If I'm looking for something around hope, I'll, I'll, I'll look for all the scriptures around hope. Uh, if I'm looking for something around faith, I'll look for all the scriptures around faith. If I'm looking for something around forgiveness, I'll look for all the scriptures around forgiveness. What does the Lord say? How do we handle those things? <clears throat> and, and so 
the Bible uh, works as well. Here's the thing, here's just a few things that I'll rattle off this morning. Love works. Who knows that love works? Love works. Kindness works. Pastor Desiree shared that the first week. Do you know grace works? Grace works. Faith works. Forgiveness works. Caring works. Humility works. Encouragement works. Prayer works. Faith works. Hope works. Mercy works. Honor works. Obedience works. Sacrifice works. There's a lot of things that work. There's a heap of things that work. You know, all of these things work. But did you know also a vacuum cleaner works? Wait for it. A vacuum cleaner does work, doesn't it? But it'll only work if you operate it. So with this series, we can hear about all these things that work, but they are they're useless if they just stay in the cupboard. They're not going to achieve the things that you want to achieve out of, the, out of that area of life unless we actually operate in that. Like well, There's many things like a, the vacuum cleaner can work. It's good, you know, but it's never going to achieve what you're wanting it to achieve if you don't actually pick it up and operate in it. See, faith works only if you pick it up and operate in it. Love works only if you pick, up, pick it up and operate in it. Hope works if you pick it up and operate in it. So lots of things we can, we know the Bible works. But one of the things I've found mainly about me and also probably most of us is we're a little picky. Anyone picky? Anyone? Oh, come on, let's be honest. You know, it's like the pick and mix in the New World section. Oh, someone, some of us like cashew nuts, some of us like pistachio nuts, and we choose all about, apart if you're, not, if you're Alice, you don't like nuts, it's fine, you're allergic to them. Maybe I use other illustrations, the lolly aisle, jet planes, snakes, sours, you know, but we, but we have this pick and mix. But the thing is with the Bible is, is, you know, it's all there, but we've got to choose on what we want to operate into. And, and this morning, I want to just share a few more things that I, I believe if we operate in them, there'll be a, a real blessing that comes from them. Right. Who, who, who knows that walk, walking in blessing is a good thing? Yeah. But, but we only walk in blessing if we align ourselves to what works um, in, in our lives. Um, we can have a lot of information on how to do life. People can tell you. Don't you like listening and sitting down with the older generation and hearing their testimonies and stories, learning from some of the, the challenges that they've worked through, some of the failures, but then some of the victories as well? And isn't it great that we get to read the stories out of the Bible and we see hindsight, hey, what worked and what didn't work? We all knew with Jonah going in the wrong direction didn't work. He became fish food for a little while. Yeah, you know, many, many times it didn't work, but then when he obeyed God, obeyed the call of God, that worked. And we saw a Nineveh, 120,000 people, slightly the similar size of Dunedin, saved in a day, just seeing what works, obedient works. And so we've got lots of information that we can step into. So this morning, I want to give you a little bit more information, but it's up to you whether you want to step into it. And to be quite honest, there's times where I haven't wanted to step into the Bible. There's times where I've been disappointed. There's times where I've been hurt. There's been times where I've become cynical. 
there's been times where I've, I've had to challenge my thinking in, a, in and around this, and I'm like, no, no, I, I just don't know if I can step into that right now. And, but the great thing about the Lord is he can lead us to the place where he knows there's freedom, but he's patient. I pray this morning that, that I know that the Lord is patient, but I pray that the Holy Spirit would release courage into us. There's courage. There's been moments where I've had to just take up courage and step into the things that I know that God works. And I've seen God move in and through my life. So Galatians chapter 6, verses 4 through 10 in the New Living Translation. While you're turning there, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, as we open these scriptures, I pray, Lord, that you would lead us and you would guide us. I pray, Lord, that that it'd come real to us. I pray, Lord, that we'd have the courage to step into all of these different principles, all of these areas, Lord, that bring us into a place of blessing and freedom. So Holy Spirit, come and move in our lives. In Jesus' name. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, verses 4 through 10, a New Living Translation. says this, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourselves to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Let's just stop there for a minute. Who likes paying attention to their selves versus other people? It's a challenging one right there, isn't it? Because a lot of the time, we'll always work on comparison. Or we'll always look at what we look like. Or we'll always um, you know, have that grapple of like, who am I? How's God created me? But here it says, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. No one else is responsible for your conduct. You can't say, they made me. You know, it's like being a parent. Well, if they told you to jump off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? Who's, who, who's, who's like, I've heard that as a child. Now I'm saying it as a parent. You know, it's like, oh, if they told you to jump off a bridge, would you jump? Anyway, my, I'm not sure if my son's around, like, agree. But, um, you know, we're only responsible for our own conduct. We can't, we can't make anyone else be responsible for our own conduct. We are responsible for our own conduct. So verse 6, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Verse 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Oh, who likes that one? I love it. Come on, I love it. I pray that you love it as well. If, but it, if you're listening to it from a judgmental point of view of a, of a God that's bringing judgment, you're listening to it from the wrong place. If you're listening to it from a place of God will not be mocked because He is love, He is grace, He is righteous. That's a great thing to know, man, because I know whose side I'm on. I know that God loves me. I pray that you know that God loves you too, and He's not going to be mocked. There's, there's gonna, he, he, you cannot mock the justice of God. He is true, he's righteous, he's amazing. You will always harvest what you plant. See, there's a principle here this morning that I, I, I want to share with you. And I want, there's a couple of things as principles of God work. The principles of God work. See, God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. And, and, and it goes on, it says, Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that simple nature. But those who live to please the Spirit 
will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. See, God will not be mocked. If you plant in the Spirit, you're going to you're going to harvest in the Spirit. Did you know that this morning? That's a promise. That's a principle of God. That's a great message this morning to know, you know, what I plant in the Spirit, I'm going to harvest it back in the Spirit. When I gave my heart to Jesus, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you sowed in the Spirit. You sowed in the Spirit. God will not be mocked. When you gave your heart to Jesus for the redemption of your sin by faith, he will not be mocked this morning. He loves you. He's for you. We get to walk with Him now by the power of the Holy Spirit. And one day we're going to be in His presence in heaven with Him. Amen? Well, I think we need to be a little bit more excited about that. I'll end up starting to cough and split, splutter in a minute. Now, asthma's going to kick in. But God will not be mocked. You've given your heart to Jesus. You've sown in the Spirit. You'll harvest in the Spirit as well. It goes on. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Isn't that a good thing this morning? Isn't that a great thing? Don't get tired of doing what is good. But the reality is sometimes we do get tired. Sometimes we do get worn out. Sometimes we've, we've prayed and we've believed and we've prayed and we've believed and we've prayed and we've believed and we've sown and we've, we've forgiven and we've done this and we've done that. And, and we get to a point where we get slightly worn out. But God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. So not, don't get tired of it. Don't get tired of doing what is good. Can I encourage you this morning? Maybe you've been in, in church for many years and you remember being one of those youthful young people that liked singing the words in the wrong place during this worship and, and all that sort of stuff and clapping out of time and jumping up and down and creating a raucous because your love for Jesus was on fire and you were just like passionate and you didn't care. But now you're like, oh yeah, I'm a lot more mature now. I'm a mature Christian. I behave myself. Now, I really believe there's some. Don't get don't don't let tiredness or don't let disappointment, don't let weariness hold you back. When you plant in the spirit, you're going to harvest in the spirit at just the right time. Come on, God will not be mocked. There's a principle here. It says, at just the right time, you'll reap a harvest of blessing. If we don't give up, come on, church, I want to encourage you this morning, never, ever give up. Never, ever give up on what you're believing. I, I, even, even this week, I was like, um, I, like we're praying and we're pr I've been talking about, come on, reach our world for Jesus and, and um, pray for your family. And, and it feels like, oh, man, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And I'm like, come on, God, you've got to do something. And suddenly this week, I get that message from my sister. You know, for some of you who don't know this, this is a, this is, this is like, it's gone silent for over five years. And just believing and praying. Come on, at just the right time, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. The principles of God are yes and amen. The principle, God will not be mocked. It goes on into, oh, I'll share another scripture out of Luke chapter 6, verses 36 to 38. And some of you may know this passage of scripture, and there's, there's a little bit in it. But it says this, you must be compassionate 
just as your Father is compassionate. Verse 37 says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you full, pressed down, shaken together, making room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. This is an amazing passage of Scripture. Many people will preach on it and use it for, for um, taking up offerings and miracle offerings and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not against that because the principles of God work. But, but also we've got to understand what it's wrapped up in. It's wrapped up in other scriptures as well. And, 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 and so the principles is what we, every, everyone would have heard what you sow, you reap. Yeah. What goes around comes around. And that's another way of saying it. So in this, this is a principle of God that works. It says, it says here, do not judge others or you will be judged. Use flash. Don't be judgy. Or else you will be judged. You will be judged more. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Like, I don't know about you, but man, there's many, many, many ways and Views and perspectives and lots and lots of angles coming at the Bible, coming at Christianity, all this sort of stuff, people's viewpoints and all that. And, and we have an opinion. Put your hand up if you don't have an opinion. Rubbish, put your hand down. That was a trick question. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone does. And most of the time, that opinion, when it comes to a, comes to a challenging thought or a, a challenging issue, always comes with a level of judgment attached to it. But the Bible says, do not judge. You're like, oh, we're getting in some, some territory here. But what about, what, about when it can, what about it says something about what the Bible says? And the Bible's very clear about it. I'm like, yeah. Do not judge. Or if you do... Just be ready, because God will not be mocked, for it to come pressed down, shaken together, running over back into your lap. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying about. I'm, I'm not saying that we don't stand up and all that sort of stuff. But don't judge. Don't judge. If you if you want to, if you, you it'll come back to you. Judgment, being judgmental will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'm trying my hardest now. Something that God's been talking to me about. Is start judging. Start judging people. When they've come, they come and share or, or, or they don't do something and I'm looking from the outside going, man, I wish that person would do that because I'm the only, you know, I'm just human. <laughs> human working on judge, being judgmental. There's also as a pastor, you see so many great, amazing gifts and grace on people's lives and you just wish that, that people would step into that. But who am I to judge? I can't force the revelation of God on your life. No one can force the revelation of God on your life. We can, we can help equip. We can help navigate. We can help point you to it. But we can't judge you if, if you're not ready or you haven't had that revelation from God to pick it up. I want to say that as leaders, come on, don't judge. Don't judge. Be there to care and love and bring wisdom into situations. But don't judge. Because that's the very thing that will tear churches apart, is judgment. Or it will come back to you again. Um, it says here, forgive others and you'll be forgiven. 
What a great principle. Anyone need forgiveness? Probably. I need forgiveness because I just talked about me being judgmental. Anyone else? We all need forgiveness. We all need forgiveness from our attitudes sometimes. We all need forgiveness from, from that situation where you just thought that person was an amazing, amazing child of God. We, we all need to step into forgiveness. Easy to say, hard to do. And when we talk about forgiveness, and especially of situations that have happened and absolutely horrible situations, the Bible says, forgive and you'll be forgiven. It's a principle of God. And that's where we go back to God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. And you might be going, oh man, I, I, I don't know how, how to forgive in this. Well, the principle is God will not be mocked. And he'll, at just the right time, he'll, he'll minister into that situation. If we humble ourselves before him, God will lead you through that forgiveness and he'll lead you through that challenge, through that pain, out the other side, where you'll use it as a testimony for the glory of God. Amen. I'm not, it's a, it's a challenging one, but you can do it with God. Give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you full, pressed down, shaken together, making more room, running over, poured into your lap. Whether it's judgment, forgiveness, this now is expanding on giving. Can I encourage you? Can I tell you another principle of God that works is giving. Another principle of God that works is generosity. And it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But are you prepared to pick it up? Are you prepared to put it into your life? I want to help you out through a couple of scriptures that um, I love. And if you've been in this church, this always comes around at least two or three times a year. But in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, it talks about trusting in the Lord. Many many will know this. But it says, verse, um, verse 1, it says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Isn't that a great thing to start off with right now? You know, in your relationship and your work, walk with Jesus, can I encourage you, never forget the things that he's taught you. Never forget them. Sometimes we become familiar with them, but never forget them. Don't, don't become familiar with them as well. But it says, store my commands in your heart. Why your heart? Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Who That's a good thing, right? That is a great, great way to live our lives. Let's store um, the commands of God in our heart. Verse 3, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. You know, I think when I come to this and I apply it into my own world, and maybe you might want to apply it this way as well, but loyalty and kindness for me really comes down to a, a, a serving and willingness. I, I, don't, I always want to make sure that a challenge of serving and willingness in my life Oh, how about we? Where, where are you with that? Sometimes we get disappointed. Sometimes we lose that loyalty. Sometimes we lose that kindness. But it says, I, I want to encourage you. Come on. It's Jesus who we're serving. It's the church who we're serving. It's the, it's the love and the possible connection of someone who's not saved, getting to know the love and grace of Jesus Christ. That's who we're serving. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Who wants a good reputation? 
or there's a way how to get a good reputation. Verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. I don't know about you, but I'm old school. There's only four letters that remind me of this scripture. Anyone want to take a guess? WWJD. In everything in life, you know, like we can go through different challenges, but are we going to trust in the Lord with all of our heart? Are we going to go, all right, God, I don't know how this is working. I don't know what's going on over here. I don't know why that has happened. This seems really painful and really hard right now, but I'm unsure of what's going on. But can we not lean on our own understanding? But can we seek His will in all you do? And He will show you the right path to take. Now it comes down to the old WWJD. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond in this situation? See, a principle that works is, is, is going back to what would Jesus do? Go back to the Gospels. Go back to the stories of Jesus. How did Jesus handle these things? Verse 7 goes on, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. You know, humility works. Humility works. Going, God, what are you talking to me about? What are you teaching to me? What are you saying to me? How are you, what are you wanting to me? How do you want me to respond through this? Verse 9 goes on, it says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the very best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with, with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. See, many different things, many, many principles work here. But can I encourage you as, I, as we go into the second part of this message is I really want to talk about you know, honoring God with your wealth because it works. Friends, this morning I'm not here to compel you to give up your money and all that sort of stuff. But I am here to say it is a principle of God that I know personally that when you honor God with your wealth, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. You know, and sometimes the, the only way to start off with talking about this is, is actually the difference, is clarifying the differ, difference between ownership and stewardship. Here's the thing is, uh, everything that we have, if we're a believer and a follower of Christ, we've picked up our cross daily and died to ourselves as we're stewards of everything that we have. Absolutely everything. We actually don't own anything. You might have your name on the title deed to your house, but who really owns it? It's God that owns it. It's God that's given it to you. And there's a person to follow, uh, or you want to learn more and go deeper. And this is Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church. He really does have amazing messages all the way through the blessed life and beyond blessed as well. But I want to just share quickly with you that we are, we are stewards of everything that God's given us. And if we can have that, stewardship works in our life. When we're stewards, we just look after things. <coughs> Excuse me. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 in the NIV version, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We're stewards. Do you know that the gifts that you have has been given to you by God? You're a steward of that gift. That leads me to a quick question. Are you stewarding that gift well? I'm sure you are. 
But we're just stewards. We're not owners. We're not. God's graced you uh, how he's made you. In First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Everything in the world is God's. He just gives it to us. Anyone heard of the parable of the, of the talents, the parable of the three servants? It come, the master comes in to lend some things, lend some gifts, lend some grace. We're stewards of everything. And when we understand stewardship, it means that we can understand how we can be generous through the things that God's given us. Um, the, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Not to own it. It's to work it and take care of it. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You, you were faithful with a few things. I'll put, in your hand, put you in charge of many things. Um, you know, this is the principle of being a good steward. When, when the master can trust you with a small amount, the reward is more. Uh, I want to encourage you in the, in the life of the church, when it, when, when it comes to stewarding, what God's given you. Come, there's three areas. We steward our time, we steward the, our, our talent, and we steward our treasure. Uh, I can tell you, it works. If you steward these things in your life, it will pour out blessing into your life. Music team, if you guys can jump up, that'd be great, please. We don't often talk directly about finances in the life of the church. And even this morning, I've sort of come at it from a side angle a little bit and talked about how the principles of God work, talked about how stewardship works. But I want to read a passage of Scripture, and, and it's in the Old Testament. And there's, a, there's an opinion on it, because everyone has an opinion. Here's the thing is, the other Scriptures... In the Old Testament, still work in the New Testament? Let me give you a clue. Thou shalt not kill. Old Testament. Who reckons it works in the New Testament? Thank you, Jason. As I'm glad. I'll, I'll, I'll let you stay at my house because you believe in not killing someone, right? That's good. But as, as, as someone who's been on this journey and learnt the power of stewardship, See, when it comes to tithing, tithing is, a, is, is about giving a tenth to the storehouse. Storehouse represented in modern day, I believe, is the local church. And friend, this morning, if this is stirring a little bit of angst in you, hey, my heart is, not, is to bring peace, is not to bring any angst. But I, but I want to encourage you to go to God on it. Uh, and often sometimes people don't like preaching or teaching or sharing on tithing and giving because it's awkward or it's one of those subjects you just don't talk on because the money's been abused before or whatever and, and, 
and I can tell you we have amazing financial practices here and there's no, nothing's been abused and all that sort of stuff and you know and if you wanted to know more about that you're most welcome to come and talk to us but I want to talk about it this morning because because ultimately when we get this principle and we get this into our heart it releases an, an amazing blessing on your life and and as a pastor you know I can talk to you about forgiveness because when, when you give forgiveness, it releases an amazing blessing on your life. I can talk to you about, you know, using well what God's given you, and it will release an amazing blessing on your life. The reward, if you use small, will be given much more. And I don't know about you, but I, I believe that the world of the generous is supposed to get larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And if you get this into your heart and into your spirit, See, there's actually a, a conversation that goes on here in, in Malachi chapter 10. And in verse 6, it says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why your descendants, O Jacob, are, already, uh, are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Mate, that's pretty intense right there. But it just says this, Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Verse 8, it says this, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, well, what, what do you mean? When, when did we ever cheat you? The answer here is, You have cheated me when it, of the tithes and the offerings due to me. It says, You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Verse 10 says, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try me, put me to the test. And it goes on. You know, friend, this morning, stewardship works. The principles of God work. But Trusting God and being a good steward with your finances. If you can understand this and get it into your heart and get that tenth, the tithe, God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing over you that you, will, you won't even be able to contend. You know, for me and, and our lives, and I can get away with this this morning because Desiree is away. No one's allowed to tell her. But I, I, I'm not boasting in, in how great we are, but I do want to boast in Jesus. Uh, the windows of heaven. See, sometimes we think apple plus an apple equals more apples. But with God, it's not like that. When the windows of heaven, when you're generous and when, when you're a steward and you bring the tithe into the storehouse and and you trust God in that, what it is is saying, God, I trust you with all of my life. It's not just a little bit of my life. I trust you with all of my life. And so what you take is you take all of your life plus all of your life equals all of your life. It's good math this morning. So God's blessing with all of your life plus all of your life equals blessing over all of your life. Yeah, come with me this morning a little bit. See, I get amazed on just the favor of God that is on our lives. It's not because we're pastors. It's because we're just stewarding 
what God's given us. You know, this, this and I'll, I'll boast a little bit and I hope my little girl is not going to beat me up after the service. But we really wanted her to get into a certain school in Dunedin. We thought we, t- we took her there. She had a look around. She thought, man, this school's awesome. Had a dog. So amen to that. It was great. Now I don't have to get a dog. It's awesome. And we really wanted to get her in there. And, but the problem was, is there was uh, hundreds of applicants. And it was, it was a school that only had a very, very, very small role. Very small role. And the same thing sort of happened with the boys as well a couple of years back. But we're, you know, a couple of weeks ago now, maybe three weeks ago, I'm not sure. We'd go to the open night and all that. And the next day or a couple of days later, whenever the time came to reveal whether she got in or not and now we get sent an email that she got into the school and I'm like man that's just favour that's just blessing that's just the windows of heaven over our lives I'm not saying that we've we've got it all perfect and we've got it all together but I can tell you when you honour God and you put the, the principles of God in your life and you steward well what you have more will be given to you pressed down Shaken together, running over. The Bible works. Principles of God works. Stewardship works. And I understand when it talks here, a tithe, a tenth. A tenth can be a, a bit of money in, in people's lives. And it, and it is. Maybe you're not in a position financially to be able to do that. Maybe you go to God. This is your faith journey. To go to God and say, God, how do I get there? How do I rearrange some things? How do I do this? Because you're putting your trust in Him. You're not putting your trust in me and my words. You're not putting your trust in the church in this situation. You're putting your trust and your faith and your revelation in Him. And so please, there's, there's no coercion here. I'm not trying to compel you. But I am saying it works. I am saying when we trust in the Lord, with all our heart, lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him, including in your finances. It works. It works. Hey, why don't we stand to our feet this morning? One of the greatest um, lines I like in, in that passage of Scripture is, is just the line, return to me when you've gone away it just says so return to me you know this morning I love the fact that Jesus is the greatest return to send a person in the world he just says come on return to me just return to me maybe there's areas where you've lost that spark or you just feel like there's no joy Maybe there's areas around finances. Maybe there are areas around stewardship that you've been, that the Holy Spirit, I pray, is, is speaking to you about. It's not about me challenging you. Maybe there are areas, here's the phrase, is just return to Him. Just return to Him. He loves you. He's prepared to walk with you, work with you. I've shared some of my journey. There's been moments where I haven't needed or I haven't even wanted to try and reconcile some stuff and I've needed Jesus to move in my heart and I've had to return to Him 
the Lord is the greatest person to return to. Whether whatever area it is this morning, can't just return to Him. Is it around stewardship? Is it around tithing? Is it around judgmentalness? Is it around forgiveness? Just return to Him. Return to Him because He wants to release a blessing, pressed down, shaken together, running over. He wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing over you so much more than you don't have enough room to contain it. I don't know about you, but that's the windows of heaven being poured out on your life. It works when you can put your trust in Him. And Father, this morning, we thank You that as we return to You in whatever area it is, Lord, would You lead and guide us as we put our trust and our faith in You, as we honour You with our lives, different gifts, different graces. But Lord, we thank You for these biblical principles that work. You know, earlier I shared the scripture and God will not be mocked. I think that's one of the greatest beautiful scriptures in in the Bible because He won't be mocked. Because the Bible says that if we declare in our heart and declare with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life, then He's faithful to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness and to come into our heart and cleanse us and to make us whole. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.